Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. beautiful podcast coven i'm so happy to be back with you this week and joining me is the wonderful laura hi everybody and we have a truly special guest in store for you today and someone that we have really been looking forward to interviewing this incredible soul is a priestess of rigid published author and poet and a soul connection meditation guide she's the author of three books Peace Lies Within, Whispers from Mother Earth, and her latest published by Womancraft that we are super excited to be discussing today is Cycles of Belonging, Honouring Ourselves Through the Sacred Cycles of Life. Her offerings are based on over 20 years of experience in personal and spiritual development through meditation, yoga, mindfulness, energy healing, goddess and nature spirituality. She believes that midlife is a sacred rite of passage that has the power to rebirth you into your truth and wisdom, to live with an unshakable trust in the truth of who you are. Through her teachings and creations, she is dedicated helping women follow the callings of their soul and restoring consciousness to the feminine faces of the divine. May I introduce to you all Stella Tomlinson joining us from the UK. Hi there, it's great to be here. (laughs) looking forward to our conversation today so are we we have been looking forward to this had booked in with you for a while now and we've got through Christmas and New Year and everything where here we are back into the New Year (laughs) so I always ask our guests what does the word which mean to you Okay. Yes, it's a it's a it's a big topic isn't it lots of complex sort of threads around Mm. it but for me the way I kind of really connect into the kind of word, the topic, which is through archetypal energy, the archetype of the witch um, from my book, you know, I, I'm interested in archetypes. So archetypes, those kind of like sort of um, essential energies of a, of a topic or a, a kind of figurehead. So now obviously with the witch, we kind of see two aspects to this archetype. You see the patriarchalized, toxified archetype of the witch, which is the, you know, the kind of, devil worshipper and obviously we as we know being burned um mm-hmm. but you see even now that kind of negative side in even modern life you know the word witch is is used as a as a um as insult yeah. I've I've yeah. been witness that I used to work in a university in the UK higher education sector and a few times I heard a man refer to a woman as a witch or a group mm-hmm. of women who are working together as a coven you know, oh, because wow. what else would would you know women working together be? You know, the coven <laughs> a group, group of men in power working together. That's just normal, isn't it? But if it's yeah. a group of women, they're you know they're obviously up to something. So there's that <laughs> aspect to it. However, there's obviously the more positive side as well, which I know, which is much more coming to the fore now, and think women are reclaiming, and that's the the side of the archetype that I'm interested in and resonates with me. And so for me, in that sense. The word which means to me somebody, a woman who is wise and intuitive and really deeply connected to that. She's in her power of her her cyclic nature, her inner wisdom, her connection to nature, her connection to other women. But also there is an aspect to her which is she's she's an edge dweller. She's perhaps not, well, she sees through the mainstream bullshit of... Uh, I know the patriarchal conditioning of you know perpetual growth and hustle and grind and mm. she's she stands on the edge of that um so really for me actually she's a bit of a feminist icon that's that's how I kind of see the witch she is undaunted she's unbound she's actually a little bit dangerous perhaps because well only perceived perhaps as dangerous to mm. to patriarchy because she is undaunted and she sees through the, the the conditioning she is somebody who will speak truth um she is somebody who questions and um yeah she is she owns her magic so yeah so it's um 
I see, you know, obviously we're always balancing when we use the word, which we're always balancing this kind of knowledge of being burned in historical times and then being shamed and used mm. as an insult in more modern times. But, um, but yeah, so it's interesting because when you kind of first contacted me, you're like, do you want to be on this podcast? Like, yes, obviously. Uh, but then it's like, <laughs> but, but, but am I a witch? Ooh, am, I, am, am I a witch? And then part of me is going, oh, we don't want to go, oh, we don't want to use the word witch because, oh, yeah. because, because all that stuff comes up, doesn't it? It and, does. And, and I've, I've been listening to your, you know, your, some of your podcasts, obviously. And um, yeah, look, this is a consistent theme, isn't it? When we use the word yeah. witch. Part of us goes, yes, part of us goes, no, run away from run. that because it's scary. You're going to get attacked. You're going to get dragged down. And at the worst, you're going to get burned. And I definitely have felt that. Then, But then that little, say it's a little voice, it gets quite loud and the fire comes up. Goes, yes, I am a <laughs> yeah. bloody witch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I claim it. But it's it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you experience this too, this kind of inner sort of push oh, and pull around, around mm-hmm. the term. It's, because it is so loaded. Yeah, I mm. think. But what is wonderful is that, it's being reclaimed, isn't it? It's really is yes. re- being reclaimed. I know, I, and I absolutely acknowledge in certain parts of the world, women still are attacked as witches. Yeah. And, yeah. But um, in our cultures, perhaps it's um, there's much more of a reclaiming. It has been going on for, for, for a few decades, really, but it really seems to be coming to the fore now in, in recent years, isn't it? This kind of reclamation of, of yeah, of our, our innate wisdom. Yeah. And witchiness. <laughs> it is it's so beautifully how you just put it all I resonate deeply and all of mm-hmm. it yeah yeah and I totally get what you're saying about that push-pull of um yeah still hiding parts of ourselves I guess out of fear mm. out of judgment and yeah yeah and I actually had a conversation with somebody um for Christmas she was asking me about my book and how I was, you know, I was saying you know, activities around helping to get it out there. One of yeah. which I said I'll be on podcasts, and I mentioned that I think you just been in contact with you about this. And I said oh, I'm going to be on a podcast called, called "Turns Out She's a Witch," and uh, it's a kind of acquaintance, really, rather than the kind of you know somebody I've just met a few times. But her, her attitude, and she kind of went a bit, little bit like, "Ooh, witch," <laughs> and she was, and you could tell she's like, "You want to be associated with that word?" Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, I mean, not in a kind of really, yeah, it's just a really fascinating, very yeah. fascinating conversation it, it brought up for her. It is, it's like, absolutely. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not unfamiliar with that reaction. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet. I, I actually love the name of your podcast. It's like, yeah, it turns out she's a witch. And she's yeah. very, very happy with that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And I really loved, enjoyed, like, delving into your website and part mm. of your story is that you had a soul awakening at the age of 40 so can you tell us about that yeah sure yes um yeah a lot of things have changed since I turned 40 I'm literally about to turn 47 on the 2nd of oh, February wow. so we're uh, kind of yeah Happy birthday. yeah thank you <laughs> but before I go into that perhaps if I just very briefly give a uh, kind of my working de- definition of what I mean by soul now I'm not saying this is mm-hmm. the definitive answer because humanity yeah. has been tussling with what's what is this what is soul for a very long time don't keep just it so brief people... either just go for it <laughs> yeah okay definitely. I'll go for it go for it so I guess for me what I mean when I'm talking about soul is our um kind of deepest self for me I see the soul as uh how each each of us has a unique soul which is a unique expression of life living itself now contrast that with spirits I would say that spirit and I'm not alone in this these, these are not my necessarily my original idea you know you know humanity has as I said been thinking about this for a long time and writing about this the spirit perhaps is more of a sense of the oneness it's something mm-hmm. transcending us and soul is the deepest part of ourselves and I for me I very much feel it as an expression of the divine feminine the soul is divine feminine and we our soul is and a unique expression of of the divine feminine living itself through our human existence. I also believe that all living things, all all you know, even rocks, as well as animals and flowers and rivers, have their own soul. They are all each a unique expression of life living itself. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I just kind of just. Because sometimes spirit and soul get used interchangeably. And, I've, and I know myself, I've been really kind of grappling. Well, what 
does this mean to me over kind of recent years? Yeah, like you say, it resonates on different levels with with different people. So that's also okay too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 We can each find our, our own our way to kind of uh, yeah, absolutely find our own definition of this. So so in that way, your unique expression of life living itself with it, and you are you know, come and what comes with that is unique gifts and your role to play in um, the community at large, the collective humanity. So so what's that? Now I'll go back then to what happened to me when I was 40, is that um I had a soul awakening in that I really kind of had a massive shift in my understanding of myself as a woman through reading it was actually three books. As well as being a writer, I'm an avid reader and I do love to read. So there's three books which kind of which really kind of helped me to shift um, my own perspective of my life and myself. The first one was um, The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aron. Um, and I read that book when I was 40, and that's where she talks about the trait of high sensitivity. 20% of all humans are highly sensitive in that we are born with a nervous system, which is more sensitive to external stimuli, um, and also more sensitive, I think, to the spiritual and the soul kind of um, aspect of life. So that was one book, which just completely reframed because I realised I wasn't some kind of weirdo because I didn't like parties and had to go and lie down after, <laughs> after talking to people. It's because my nervous system was yeah really the right fried. And the second book I read, this was I just picked randomly picked up a book about Wicca in a bookshop, um, and I I hadn't really had an active interest in anything like that before, but I just saw it and it called me, mm. so I bought that. Now I wouldn't say now that I follow a Wiccan path, but that was the first kind of book which called to me around um earth-based spirituality and I just remember reading the the chapter on Samhain I just felt a real sense of coming home it's like mm. I know this I know mm. I, I, I've experienced this before and a real sense of yeah the wheel of the year oh my goodness yeah how, yeah how how did I not really think about this before why you know it's and that kind of um yeah, that was a kind of real, real shift. It was a sense of coming home to something, which, you know, our, our ancestors would have been deeply in tune with the seasons because mm. their life depended on it in many ways, didn't it? The harvest and animals, et cetera, et cetera. But perhaps also on that, well, on a spiritual level too. And then the third book I read, which was a real shift, was Code Red by Lisa Lister. So that's about unlocking the power of your menstrual cycle. Now, I read that one and I got really, really bloody angry. Why <laughs> the hell did I not know this before? Why did mm. I? Why has I've never been educated about my menstrual cycle? Yeah. Why does nobody talk? Well, people are more now, but this is mm. sort of seven years ago. And even then, it was only just starting to be talked about. But I got to the age of 40. Okay, I knew yeah. I had a period. Obviously, I knew I had a period, obviously. I knew at some point I ovulated. Other than that, no idea. No idea. And up until that point, you know, age of 40, my menstrual cycle, my period, was just an, an annoyance, really, an inconvenience. Mm. Um, I didn't really realise or really tune into the cyclic nature of my energy, my my emotions and my spiritual connection, really. it's I just kind of found my menstrual cycle to be a, a bloody inconvenience quite literally yeah absolutely but so when I read that that really just lit a fire within me and I just so I started tracking my menstrual cycle I started reading more around I'm a reader I'm a reader and a researcher so yeah. I was reading more around and researching more around and then I kind of discovered um Red School who's run by um Alexandra Pope and Charlotte E. Hugo Wurlitzer and um delved into some of their trainings and that kind of stuff and but really, yeah, it was the actual learning about myself, <laughs> excuse me, through tracking my menstrual cycle. Mm. Through, and I came to realize, because up until then, I thought I was just a bit of an up and down kind of person, and I'd have yeah. um, troughs and feeling quite down sometimes. And I never really linked it to my menstrual cycle because I hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, it just hadn't come across my radar before. But then I realized. <laughs> oh excuse me <laughs> I realized around um 
day 25 of each month, I really did usually have quite a low day where mm -hmm. like just everything's everything shit why don't bother me? <laughs> <laughs> but because I was now tuned into my menstrual cycle I realized what it was it was yeah. moving into the pre-menstrual phase makes sense and if I could yeah yeah totally you know your energy does shift jobs your hormones are changing but um on um on a more spiritual level when we moved into that pre-menstrual phase and the inner critic can, can come up and get quite loud and sort of tell us how crap we are. <laughs> yeah, resonates. Uh, <laughs> but actually, it's the kind of in a gift of helping you to kind of put a mirror up to your life and look at what's not working and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so it was just a, with that. So something really shifted that year for me. And, and there's no kind of coincidence. I think it's when I turned 40, you're kind of going into that midlife um, phase. And yeah, I just started a real kind of burning desire to actually share this. So that's kind of the three things really high sensitivity, connection to nature and connection to our cyclic nature. And at the time I was um, I was teaching yoga. So I started to bring in um, some of these aspects into my teaching and also into my writing. And um, yeah, so it's kind of it really woke me up to the nature of life that it is cyclic mm. it woke me up to my nature as being cyclic it's I mean I'd always been a bit of a questioner of kind of social norms and what we you know which I probably wouldn't use the language then now but I would say patriarchal norms and conditioning it just wake, wake, woke me up and you know because up until that point I had been quite a good girl of the patriarchy you know do well at university school, go to university, get a good stable job, which I did. And it was really, is this what life is about? <laughs> right. Don't yeah. like this. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't, yeah. So it kind of it lit a fire within me, really, to, to make that more authentic connection to the nature of life. And as I say, I don't think there's any coincidence that I, this happened when I turned 40. It's been kind of getting more and more intense over recent mm. years. It was really from, from awakening to my menstrual cycle. I became more aware of the lunar cycle and also started connecting to the moon. From there, I was connecting to the weed of the year, the seasonal cycle, which then led me to awakening to the sacred feminine and the goddess, mm -hmm. which then led me to feel the call to be a priestess and train as a priestess and and actually as soon as I'd made that decision which was in late 2017 that I was going to train as a priestess and had registered for the course um poetry started coming through and yeah, wow. Bridget Bridget is the patroness of the bard she has an association with poetry and literally it's, yeah it's as soon as I'd kind of almost picked up the leaflet I'd gone to Glastonbury and picked up a leaflet about uh, <laughs> priestess trainings I had no intention of doing that when I went to Glastonbury, by the way. <laughs> I just saw these leaflets and they called to me like, Stella, pick me up. Um, Love it. It works like yeah, that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And poetry started literally coming through. Um, and even now when I write poetry, it's not something I work at. They arrive. Yeah. yeah. And I have to grab pen and paper and get it down quickly. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. And as I say, it's, and also it's because another gift of this is because I've been tracking my menstrual cycle, I realized really a couple of years ago that I am now in perimenopause. Mm -hmm. So I'm, an, I'm now able to embark on that journey consciously. Yeah. Mm. Because if a lot of women aren't aware of their menstrual cycle, huh, they're even less aware about <laughs> perimenopause, menopause. Mm. So yes, that's definitely a blessing as well to uh, have uh, come across this work. Sure. <laughs> No, I can resonate with your journey deeply um, in regards to, I remember finding something out about menstrual cycles and the connection to that cyclic living. And I did the same thing. I was like, what the heck? I have not known this. And I've been so hard on myself at different points in my mm. life for having those down energy moments, which is completely normal, as we know. But, mm. you know, in society, you kind of taught to be happy all the time and energetic all the time and go, go, go and productive. And, and if you're not that, 
then there's something wrong with you. So it was a yeah. huge shift for me personally and something that I'm um, trying to bring my daughter up to to live like that, that it's okay amazing. if you're premenstrual and you feel like crap, then mm. honour it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the thing. You know, we are, I say it's part of our cult, the patriarchal culture that emotions aren't allowed to be acknowledged. Mm. Emotions are messy. Emotions are kind of wrong and defective. Just push it all down. And, you know, that's what I've been doing for, for so many years. And it's just, and that's what a lot of us are doing because, you know, but it's just deeply, deeply unhealthy to, um, mm. to bottle up your emotions. And, you know, for me personally, I ended up with chronic irritable bowel syndrome, which over recent years I, has been addressed. And on a physical yeah. and a spirit and a spiritual level, psychological level too. Um, so that's all healed mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just it is like we've been denied a kind of birthright and just actually being connected to our bodies, which is why I call my book Cycles of Belonging. Mm. Because if we're disconnected at the, from our cyclic nature, for those of us who menstruate. It's like it's like it is a disconnection, a severing yeah. from belonging to yourself. You become yeah. disembodied. You become disassociated. Which, as an aside, patriarchal religions, which are based on transcendence, sky gods, and transcending from this the earth or your you know the messy body and that kind of stuff. We live in quite a dissociated culture with you know, you could argue on one level, dissociating religion, spiritual practices, because if it's all about transcendence, you're not earthed in your body and mm. you're not connected to the earth beneath you, which has been my journey over the recent years in my kind of spiritual practices of, of changing and being called to nature spirituality is that um, connection to the embodied experience of being a woman, for me, being a woman, an embodied experience of uh, living on earth and seasonal mm. shifts as being my spiritual connection, my spiritual practice. Um, there was, a, as a quite a young girl, at six or seven years old, I was quite precocious. I remember refusing <laughs> to go to Sunday school saying, well, Jesus might have existed, but I don't believe in God. And I was about six or seven oh, years old. Wow, <laughs> I love that. Quite precocious, quite precocious I think. Good but that little fiery self went under the ground for quite a while, but she's definitely come back up again. That fiery <laughs> self. And Bridget, obviously, again, is associated with fire. So there's no, I think there's no uh, coincidence that uh, she's called to me. <laughs> Love it. And your brand new book, Cycles of Belonging, Honouring mm. Ourselves Through the Sacred Cycles of Life, was just released on the 1st of February. And I found it to be such an in-depth and practical guide to all of the different cycles that we experience. And I highly recommend to all of our podcast coven to go out and buy it and immerse yourself in it. It is so a beautiful, good. beautiful read. And it's just so full of wisdom, rituals, journal prompts, blessings, and your truly beautiful poems sprinkled all throughout its pages. So what inspired you to write it and to create this work? I guess there were a kind of couple, two, maybe two, maybe three kind of um, things which kind of inspired me to write it and put me on this path. I mean, first of all, actually, was probably the poetry that was coming through. Um, and because initially I was going to write a book about kind of just about about the seasons based around my poetry that's coming through because often it was connected to the seasonal shifts, the weed of the year. Um, and actually, I published a lot of those in my second book, Whispers of Mother Earth. So some of those do appear in Cycles of Belonging because then they're in context. I kind of so I did include them in both. Um, and then it kind of started to grow into something like bigger than that. I actually, actually thought, well. There are lots of books out there. There's books now about menstrual cycles, books about the lunar cycles, books about the wheel of the year, less so perhaps books about goddess archetypes. Um, and I just, and I'm not saying this book doesn't didn't exist before, but I, I didn't really find a book which brought all, all of these things together mm-hmm. in quite the way that I was thinking of. Now, I mean, I just must say that the, the, this kind of work does, I think, stand on the shoulders of other teachers and writers, for example, um, Vicky Noble, who wrote Shakti Woman and uh, has ma- mapped 
the seasons and the menstrual cycle and to the work of um, red school and things like that. But I just hadn't, so part of it is like I wanted I wanted to read a book which brought all these cycles together. So I thought, well, I'll I'll write it then. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so so yeah, that was that was always the big impetus behind it. Really, was just actually I was finding it so valuable to weave all these different threads together mm. of the different cycles, and so I wanted to express that. And and even actually, even if there had already been a book written, I think I still would have written it because. As a writer, I'm a big believer in not fretting about whether things have been said before, because you have your own unique take on things. If anybody listening is or is thinking of writing, wanting to write or even teach or whatever, think, but it's all been said before. Maybe, but you haven't said it before and you mm-hmm. have your own unique experience, your own, your own voice, your own take on things. So um, and for me, a big uh, motivation as well was restoring feminine faces of the divine you know we have had x thousands of years of patriarchal religions of fathers and sons and sky gods and I <laughs> want to play my small role in in kind of raising awareness of the sacred mm. feminine and um and that was so there's a very much uh, I call it a feminine and feminist kind of path so definitely that feminist that little feminist who was there with her when I was younger she's still here (laughs) very much still here and I wanted to um yeah bring that kind of fire through really and Mm. through the book of look this this is our birthright for those who are born as women those who identify as women those who socialize as women um just to kind of yeah to reclaim our sense of belonging to ourselves through connecting mm. to these these different cycles of, of life and uh, and as I weave through it um I mean they're all connected so I think we're going to talk about that perhaps in a minute but they're all connected as a there's a basic essence of life of life death and rebirth and mm. when we can connect to that again it's um helps us to understand ourselves better actually it helps us to understand as we're talking about the menstrual cycle but on lots of different levels if you tune into the moon it just helps you as well to to realize that all of life is changed that energy ebbs and it flows and it is a continuous cycle it can even help us to come to terms with grief and Mm. challenges that all of life it sounds like a cliche but it is true all of life is change and and you move through it yeah absolutely and it has its own timing as well, which I think mm-hmm. when you tune into the seasons and the moon, you realise that life has its own timing. Um, That's a big yeah. one. Yeah, because especially if you're living in a you know, seasonal climate, you realise that winter might seem like it's lasting forever, like it is at the moment. Here. <laughs> it seems like it's lasting forever. But when I go on my daily walks, now I can see the little snowdrop foliage coming up, the daffodils poking through, little leaf buds yeah. on the trees are forming. And you realise that even though things... Like in winter, whether it's a literal winter or an inner winter of challenges or grief, that things are always, even underneath the surface, things are changing, things are shifting. Mm, and that keeps spinning. Yeah, the new life in some shape or form will will return. So, yeah, so it was kind of, yeah, those kind of aspects, really. It's wanting to ha- kind of hold that kind of book in my hand and then mm. feeling the call to write it. Um, that kind of offering a healing journey to connect to the cycles and seasons because the way you know, for me it is very much kind of emotional mental and spiritual kind of psycho-spiritual connection that's um that resonates with me and that's what I share in, in the book and my, my kind of my work I yeah and that it. journey and that journey back to the sacred feminine to the goddess and to mm. heal to, to uh well maybe my book it's playing a small role in healing the wounds of patriarchy patriarchy yeah. is inflicted on us obviously just my small role but you know the more of us you can <laughs> we can offer our our soul gifts to the to the collective to uh to help to heal those wounds the perhaps we will no, as a collective absolutely. bring ourselves back from the brink mm. of where we seem to be at the moment to destroying our Definitely. planet <laughs> yes if we can reconnect to the spiritual and oh, soul sure. of, of the earth 
What I really liked mm-hmm. about um, reading your book was it was so um, visual as well, how mm. you begin each chapter and each topic and each cycle and each journey. I loved how you weaved that in. It was such a, you know, we were reading it, but it was so visual as well. And um, if mm. you will humour me just for one moment while I open my <laughs> phone up, I've saved a little note in here. Is that the That's start? Cool. Of your book, it uh, you mentioned, and you'll know the passage. I'm going to read you a tiny little passage. Okay. If that's okay. Of um, and I'm going to pause because there's a Welsh word in here that I okay. have no idea. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about now? I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I read this, I just thought, oh yeah, I love that. So humor me mm. and jump in with that word if if okay. you will. Okay. I will. <laughs> Maybe like I do, you feel a longing, a longing for something lost which you can't quite identify but you feel it calling nonetheless. There's a beautiful Welsh word for this. I used to live in Wales. That's you, not me. <laughs> What's the word? Hierai. Oh, yeah. Hierai. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, wow. I would never we have said that. that. <laughs> yeah. There's no equivalent word in English. It means nostalgia, yearning, a longing, a desire for something which feels just out of reach or that never was. I think this sense of here I <laughs> we feel is the longing to belong as women in our truth and fullness, perhaps as we used to, but certainly haven't these last few thousand years. Mm. So that hooked me and I was like, yes. <laughs> Fire it's in cool, the belly. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. So yeah, thank amazing. you. A <laughs> pleasure, a pleasure. But it is, and I just it is that and I love actually the fact that there's no there's a word, word in Welsh which is very difficult to, to pronounce but there's no quite <laughs> word for it in English mm. and uh as I used to live in Wales my husband's Welsh and uh okay and I'm English and when I moved to Wales I really felt there was a difference in the kind of culture and almost a psyche that I don't want to kind of go along you know stereotypes but there is something mm. which is does there is um I'm sure my husband would, would agree with this within the Welsh psyche there is this sort of sense of Longing, yeah, it's very difficult to put a word in it. Which is why they've got one called here life. (laughs) The word they've got the word, and it just so perfectly, yeah, encapsulates um, that. Yeah, that sense of Mm. of yearning. You're not quite sure what for, but you feel it. There's something. Mm. Yeah, you perhaps can't articulate what it is you're yearning for, really. Perhaps. But yeah. you less so you feel it. And if somebody else manages to articulate it, you'll go, yes, that's it. Yeah. Which is what Absolutely. I'm trying to do. Mm. I love that. Mm. And at the very start of uh, the book, the chapter Reclaiming Your Belonging, it resonates so deeply with what my own thoughts and feelings of being disconnected were before I found witchcraft and living in alignment with the many sacred cycles of life. So would you mind reading out that beautiful poem at the start of the chapter? I know it will hit all of our listeners in the heart, so that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So when that started, when did I forget? Is yes, that the one? Yeah. That is the one. Okay. That got me. <laughs> mm-hmm. When did I forget I am made of the elements? When did I stop noticing the miracle of the world turning? When did I no longer see the spark in a bird's eye? When did I stop hearing the whispers of the trees? When did I stop swooning at the stars and the beauty of the moon? When did I lose connection to the web of life? But now I am remembering. Now I see the truth. I know that life is a miracle, cycling every day through growth, death and rebirth. I know that I am part of this mysterious unfurling, spiralling, cycling. Ancient wisdom is waking up and rising within me, opening my eyes and senses Opening my mind to the knowledge that was always there. Opening my heart to the love of Mother Earth and Goddess. For she is returning. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I've had to get you to read that out. Yeah, that is the the journey that I've been on. And I know that 
many other women and many people are kind of have been on and are on this yeah this reawakening and mm. returning beautiful <laughs> and in the book you work through the six sacred temples of belonging and I know each one is so incredibly in depth and rightfully have their own chapters within the book and we could seriously do a podcast for each one I think (laughs) (laughs) but can you give our listeners an overview of what these temples are yes so yeah so six temples each of which are embodying this basic template of the true the deepest essence of life which is of kind of birth growth release um death and rebirth And I wanted to take readers through the kind of journey from the most personal expression of this to the more more kind of, not abstract, but the the broadest sense of this. So we start off with the temple of um, presence and and the cycle of the breath, because that is a cycle in itself and we cycle through it thousands of times every day mm. throughout our whole life it is the cycle which brings us into life and when that cycle does finally finish it takes us out of this life so explore so explore yeah the the gifts and the shadows of the of the breath and um and how we can yeah connect to that because at its simplest you know you at its simplest, you can connect to the cyclic nature of life by taking a breath and feeling how mm-hmm. you're breathing in through spring and summer mm-hmm. and breathing out through autumn and winter. And that can be a beautifully grounding practice to do, just to simply breathe and just feel that new life of the breath, expanding into the fullness of summer before turning to the release of autumn and the stillness of winter. And that's a beautiful way to, mm-hmm. to very simply connect to the to the nature of life and how you are expressing that as in your your human life, your human body, your your human mm-hmm. existence. And then I move to the temple of um, daily rhythms, the cycle of the day, because again, it's something we all experience. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. you know, that's uh, the day, the night, the uh, that yeah, daily rhythm. So, um, and also I do look in that chapter a little bit, examine a little bit about our fear of the dark. Um, where that mm. might come from, um, how it is kind of culturally entrenched and many religions. <laughs> I'm always, it sounds like I'm always bash, bashing patriarchal religion, but, <laughs> but I think it has got a lot to answer for, quite personally. <laughs> well, yeah. I do too. <laughs> You're singing our song. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, so, expl- so explore um, the, yeah, the rhythm of the day, um, the circadian rhythm and... Um, and also kind of liminal spaces between being awake and asleep, which is a fascinating subject. Mm. Um, kind of, uh, it's like that kind of time between being awake and yeah. we go through every time you, you go, you fall asleep, the hip, 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 hypnagogic state. Yeah. Um, where surfing. You, surfing, <laughs> surfing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Surfing it, yeah. Kind yeah. of, which you can do through meditation. You can kind of consciously learn to do as well. So it's not the same as lucid dreaming. You aren't, you aren't asleep. You are still awake. But that's where a lot of my poetry comes through, a lot where my ideas come okay. through. In that. It's a different state of consciousness, um, which is, yeah, which I kind of include a couple, a very simple practice you can do. Yeah. Just all you need is a seat and a bunch of keys. And your car keys. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> your car keys. And then you have to move the book to find out more. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I will. I haven't yet, but yeah. I do plan to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, especially if you kind of go into that hypnagogic state asking yourself a question mm. and then see what seeing what comes and often the answer will be completely off the wall but it kind of makes sense in a weird way so cool <laughs> but I think that's your soul talking to that's your soul kind of coming mm. forwards in the kind of everyday mind quite sure. yeah and then we move to the temple of sacred blood menstrual cycle which we've obviously already been talking about a bit earlier so that's uh yeah. no but that yeah. is I think that's where the fire really starts to come into the book. The fire yeah. comes in there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We also yeah. had a good chat with Jane Habit Collins of oh, you. Yeah. Um, well, it was last year now that we're speaking in yeah. season yeah. two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was great on that topic as well. No doubt sure. you know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and then we move. So again, we so we've gone. You know, it's very personal. We've gone now. Menstrual cycle. We're going out a little bit now outside now. Our bodies, as it were, um, mm-hmm. to the lunar cycle. So, looking at the phases of the moon, how they relate to um, you know different emotional, spiritual energies, how you can connect to them, mm. connect to that cycle. 
Um, and then we move abroad again to the to the temple of the seasons and the solar cycles, so the wheel of the year, the seasonal energies, seasonal shifts, um, and their gifts and challenges. And then we come to the sixth temple, which is the temple of um, goddess archetypes, which is the life cycle, where here we explore the um, five archetypes of um, goddess, five archetypes of women, um, of uh, maiden, lover, mother, queen, and crone. So I know that often, people will often heard of the triple goddess, of so the maiden, mm-hmm. mother, and crone. And I know you did a fantastic podcast looking at four, maiden, Aww. mother, marga, and, and crone. I've got a slightly different take in it. You know, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm sure people, right people come up it. with six, seven, ten, and there's all, yeah. there's different, <laughs> all different numbers. But I just have yeah. to, this is five. And this kind of, I, this has talked to, to, to me on my priestess training. Okay. This kind of maiden, lover, mother, queen, mm. and crone. Um, so with the lover being perhaps a, a newer, newer one, though it's ancient <laughs> in many ways, um, <laughs> kind of between, it's kind of between the kind of being a youngster and between the mother, um, yeah. this kind of lover. And then my, 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 my teacher, Marianne Brugantia, she's wonderful, she's very, very grounded. And she said, well, really, you no, know, we used to have three archetypes. And then, but actually... Women just live a lot longer than we used to. We need yeah. to expand the archetypes. <laughs> so true. You, know, you don't go and you don't go for mother. You don't go for mother straight to crone. You know, you don't. Mm. You know, there is there's a whole lot in in between there, which in this kind of um, view is called queen. I love it. That you so yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. That's, that's the one I'm I'm stepping into, and I yeah. think that's Ooh. the one which kind of relates to perimenopause and menopause. Mm-hmm. So, um. So in the book, I say uh, perhaps around the age of 45, you may start to kind of step into yeah. this queen archetype. And um, but I think she starts coming online a little bit earlier. But I but I yeah, myself, mm-hmm. I really noticed the shift. As I say, my, I'm well, by the time this goes out, I will be 47. Yeah. And it's just in the really the last two, three years, I've really gone deep on the healing journey and going to kind of core wounds of um stuff from childhood and going into that dark shadowy place of my psyche and actually looking at it finally mm. and offering it healing and I think that is something which is very kind of queen because queen mm. is um she has a great presence about her she's very earthed and um yeah it's the kind of it's the premenstrual energy so mm. she's a true speaker she's not scared <laughs> she's the truth after the shadow of that is the kind of beating yourself up but uh, the kind of uh, the the gift of it is is seeing the truth and speaking the truth and not being afraid to um to speak truth to power or, or to stupid people which really all of us when we go through the premenstrual phase that is the energy that wants to come out but we're not it allowed is, to. isn't it yeah, yeah. and this, basically, <laughs> this is your perimenopause and i've really felt it you know i <laughs> comes through perimenopause and menopause yep. is that kind of anger and rage and and power and um yeah it can be a quite a journey and white knuckle ride sometimes but I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> loving it on the yeah I'm quite loving it anyway so um I know I've kind of skipped out lots of different archetypes there but then but yeah so that section is then looking at these five archetypes yeah how they Both have yeah how they've been toxified by patriarchy mm-hmm. and what their true gifts are and how you can embody them so it's not necessarily that you have to experience these life like this life phase to be able to connect to that for example mm. I obviously I'm not in my cronehood but I very much can feel the energy and invoke the energy of the crone or crone goddess um for wisdom um for a kind of deep sense of peace and a, a sense of having kind of standing in my knowledge and actually owning the wisdom that I have accrued so far in my life that is very much a crone mm. kind of energy mm. it's uh I mean it's fascinating the world I mean the, the the archetypal energy which we all hold perhaps most closely and deeply is the maiden because she is with us her mm. whole life you know we have all gone through that maiden phase and often the wounds are from childhood are the ones which will reverberate through your life so that wounded yeah. maiden aspect is is certainly been my experience certainly that mm. the wounded maiden within me um has stepped forward to be seen and 
upheld over the mm. recent years. And it's taken mm. me learning how to invoke the the mother, the great mother energy, the goddess energy, and how to hold that within myself to mother her. So then I can step forward into my queenhood, my sovereign self, yeah. uh, and not be operating from childhood wounds the whole time, which mm. I spent quite a lot of my life doing. And like, you know, and a lot of us do, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. We live it. We live in a culture which doesn't recognize trauma, doesn't recognize um, like obviously big trauma we may well recognize, yeah. but the small traumas, which are nonetheless incredibly deep, of perhaps if we didn't really receive the affirmative love and care that we needed to as children to kind of wire a sense of safety and feeling good enough into ourselves. And that's that's a lot of people, but it's, it's not talked mm. about no. because of, you know, you know, this is a whole, this is definitely a whole other <laughs> <laughs> I could go off, I could go for a very long time. But, um, but yeah, so, so yes, yeah, so I, that's the sixth temple really is, is, is examining these different archetypes and, and how they have been, say, toxified by patriarchy, how that can be playing out in our, in our own lives, mm-hmm. and, but also their gifts and how we can connect mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. I love how you've broken it down into those temples as well. I think people will be able to really yeah. connect and understand it. And I know when mm. you were just describing it then, each one, I actually pictured like a spider web and the center, oh, wow. you know, mm. and then the next layer and the layer and the oh. layer and they're all connected. And if one yeah. part of that web is hit or touched, it reverberates mm. into everything. And yes. yeah, Absolutely. so it's beautiful and it's the web of life you know the web of life is an analogy used in many kind of um, indigenous yep. people's kind of yeah. spiritual spirituality and and it, it is it sense. is it's, that's, mm, absolutely. it's all connected yeah it's all, all of and life I do is also really love in your book too how you talk about the shadow aspects it's not all mm. yes. love and light that there is these mm. darker aspects which can teach us so much you sit absolutely. there long and, enough mm-hmm. and it's I just it's so essential to address them because these shadows so uh could be you know in our psyches in our cultures so on the individual and the collective level and when they're kind of pushed down and ignored they don't go away no <laughs> they're still there they're don't still they? there you know <laughs> unfortunately not as much as we try just push it away if, if i not if i don't look at it it's not there <laughs> well you're getting uh, your torch out in this book and you are shining oh, yeah, a light down there and having a poke yeah, around shining. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, my background was I started off kind of with you know 20 years ago practicing yoga and I sort of taught yoga and and I'm not saying that all of yoga teachers are like this at all, but there's a hell of a lot of love and light being sprinkled around. Yeah. And and not just in yoga, but in new age and kind of and a lot of spiritual circles. There's a lot of love and light, which is which is beautiful. And yes, we need mm. that, but not at the expense of of ignoring the the complex emotions in the darkness and and I've certainly been in 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 places where people have almost been shamed for feeling angry it's like oh yeah. no it's, you know you've got, you've, got to, you've got to choose love well yes but actually anger is a valid emotion it's 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 telling you your boundaries have been crossed mm, it's you know yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a healthy emotion in that respect of course how you express it is a different thing but but actually to um to deny the complex feelings, the challenging feelings, as I say, they don't go away. The energy doesn't go away. It gets trapped in your nervous system and often you'll mm. end up lashing out at other people, whether verbally or, or in some cases physically. So, yeah, it's, uh, get, get, the, get the torch out. Yeah, <laughs> you, betcha. you betcha. I mean, I kind of, yeah, it's, I, it, it, it is difficult. It is challenging. And I, you know, that's, um, I think it's something we need to recognise is there, even if yeah. we're not quite brave enough to go into it yet. But uh, mm. it's the kind of journeying that even COVID can't restrict. If you know, you just yeah, quite. That, yeah, in a journey, in a journey, definitely. And also, as an aside, I think when you get to the perimenopause phase of your life, or that kind of midlife time, the death rebirth goddess starts to come onto the scene, and she kind of she'll take you by the hand or by the scruff of your neck if you oh, yeah. <laughs> if you try to visit. <laughs> <laughs> I think and I think it's not um, it's no coincidence as, as I said a lot of my stuff has come up for healing in recent years because that's the phase I'm in it's time and yeah it's yeah. time and mm. not everybody has the ability or the kind of capacity necessary to, to address it but it's likely to come up 
So it's good mm. to perhaps be aware of that at least. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Heads up, get the book. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more. <laughs> and with so many cycles and so much knowledge to learn, for someone just beginning on their journey of reconnection, what would be your advice? I would say that if you have a menstrual cycle, to start there because that is really your embodied experience of the cyclic mm. nature of life now I know that many of your listeners, listeners may have um, uh, challenges around their menstrual cycle they might go well I don't want to go there um, <laughs> but if you can at all try and try and start there in, in some way because that is you know that is your your embodied experience of this cycle of mm. of growth fullness release death and rebirth you know every month every menstrual cycle you're going through a, a death and a rebirth a menstruation yeah. so that is the embodied way of doing it if you if you don't have a menstrual cycle or um you just feel like at this point in your life you just you just can't go there i would say then perhaps connect with the moon instead but I, I again I have seen over recent years there's often a jump to oh the moon she's beautiful and, and just <laughs> connecting to the moon well, well why, why not it is beautiful to connect to the moon she's but beautiful. I personally my personal choice and my personal people ask me my personal advice is to to connect your menstrual cycle as well because that is as I say the deepest expression embodied expression the way you will most strongly feel the cyclic nature of life because you as you connect to your waxing or waning of energies emotions needs desires it's a it helps you to become uh, develop a more intimate relationship with yourself and, and yeah your needs and desires and who doesn't want to live from their deepest needs and desires and values mm. and and dreams and you know the menstrual cycle can really help you to forge that deeper relationship with yourself Mm. yeah so I'd say start yes yeah, start start there start with menstrual cycle or the moon <laughs> beautiful advice and how important is ceremony and ritual within your own life yeah it's interesting the question that is I had to sort of stop and think because there's so much stuff I do which is just seems sort of like oh I do every day is that well, actually yeah this is kind of ceremony ritual isn't yeah it? <laughs> it's um, funny when you label it <laughs> yeah yeah it's, I mean the key thing to me is simplicity because um mm. I kind of it can easy kind of try, try and overthink and overcomplicate things mm. as a lifelong overthinker and overcomplicator over here. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just, yeah, so, so it's quite Guilty simple. Also. <laughs> Same. So for, me, so, so for me, ceremony is kind of like celebrating a moment. Ritual is um, perhaps something to shift, specific, to shift a specific energy. Mm-hmm. So, like, so really, yeah, I'm doing it every day. So every morning, I, I, um, I start. I have a you know, spiritual practice, which really, I guess, is a simple ceremony. I light a candle. I connect to Bridget. I, I mark the beginning of the day by tuning into where I'm in my cycles, the lunar cycle, the seasonal cycle, um, and then I guess I do a bit more ritual around dark new moons interestingly more so than full moon I'm 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 always drawn to the dark and the shadows (laughs) so um and that can't be as simple as just you know sitting in meditation for a while in my my I call it my tiny temple we've got a very small third bedroom which is my tiny temple so I'll sit in there light a candle draw oracle card for the month ahead and things like that so um and then you know I do sometimes do kind of more elaborate ceremonies outside in in my garden for the weed of the year and things like that mm. um so really it's yeah it's 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 they're simple but it is that just for me it is about recognizing mm. how I'm changing how the seasons are changing and also to make that connection to Bridget to the goddess and to myself as a spiritual practice so yeah so my rituals and ceremonies would always involve for many people very basic candles, crystals, and oracle cards, and a bit of, and some meditation to kind of connect. So it's a, a kind of conscious way of connection mm. to uh, to the divine. Yeah. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And can you and let our listeners know about your offering of soul notes via your website? 
I signed up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So around each dark and full moon, it's, um, I wouldn't really, I don't like using the word newsletter because it's not so much a newsletter. It's actually, it is a soul note. I try to write for my soul to, uh, Mm to, 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 to to my, my readers. So kind of trying to give sort of compassionate and honest, um notes about kind of honoring yourself your emotions your mind your body and soul your and um I kind of share my my midlife journey my spiritual midlife journey so um I do believe that because sometimes I do wonder do I overshare but I do think <laughs> that by sharing our stories and our own lived experience and our ups and downs and our challenges that we kind of help um each other to know that we're not alone yeah. So that's really why I you know what my kind of my motivation, my aim, my hope for the soul notes that I send out um, is to help other highly sensitive midlife, spiritually curious women like me <laughs> <laughs> to feel that to know that they're not alone if, in the ex- challenges they experience and mm. in the joys. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so that's uh, those emails I send out twice a week, which um, they do come with. Um, I do offer, offer also some couple of free meditations and an ebook actually about um, honoring perimenopause as a sacred rite of passage. So you get access to those as well. But um, and um, but yeah, so obviously I do include in there about what what I'm offering and things like that. But mm-hmm. primarily, I, I I'm kind of writing from my my soul to yours. Um, to help us to kind of recognize that part of ourselves which in everyday life we can just get stuck in the daily grind of stuff can't Mm. we and just to honor that soul that soul self Mm -hmm. have that awareness definitely yeah yeah and is there a particular quote that resonates with you deeply and would you mind reading it out to our listeners and this can be from your beautiful work or the work Mm -hmm. of someone that inspires you I thought actually I would share something from my book and I'm not going to be all English and bashful about it. I'm just going to share something Good. from my book. Oh, <laughs> nice. And you should. There's so much in there. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad yeah. you are sharing from your book. <laughs> so it's a poem, again, which very much just came, wrote itself. And I think it is, particularly for this um, podcast, turns out she's a witch. I think this is very, very um, relevant and I hope will will resonate with your listeners listeners and it's called you will not silence me you tell me i'm too much too outspoken too loud get used to it i'm not going away no you will not silence me you tell me i'm aggressive antagonistic and angry i have a lot to be angry about no you will not silence me You tell me to calm down, to soften my voice, not to be so shrill. My voice is a siren call for change. No, you will not silence me. You tell me to see the other side. I've looked your way too long. No, you will not silence me. My ancestresses were silenced, raped and killed. And yet I am still here. No. You will not silence me. So powerful. Pow. Mm. <laughs> oh, I've got chills. Oh, it's funny because so I read my own words. Yeah. It's not like I've written them. It's like they've come through me. So it's like, wow. <laughs> I true. totally get that. I um, yeah. I created an Oracle deck um, mm-hmm. oh, about a year or so ago. And I felt Beautiful. like that when I yeah. channeled the messages and reread it, I was like, wow. <laughs> remember even writing that and that's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> I know well, like when I was proofreading my book uh, uh, last last year it's like god this is good shit this is where did that come from wow. <laughs> it's amazing I love that it is good shit <laughs> Now, do you have anything brewing that you would um, love to share with our podcast coven? And how can everyone find you and your incredible work? So I have something kind of in my inner cauldron, which is very much at the early stages of brewing. But sometimes I think I need to speak these things out loud so yeah. I don't run away from them, run away from them. <laughs> so I kind of... <laughs> It's kind of, I can see it. I kind of not quite sure what it's called, or how I'm going to deliver it, but um, 
it's definitely, I, mean, I have touched on it. There's definitely something brewing within me around work, around act, connecting to the great mother and the, the divine feminine for those of us who have perhaps experienced um, mothering or parenting, which, well, call us call it being undermothered. You didn't experience the love and affirmation that you needed. Because I know from my, my journey that connecting to goddess and divine feminine has been a huge a huge source of healing and, and empowerment so I'm starting to write something around that and I'll probably maybe start to share things through my kind of my blog and my soul notes and that kind of stuff so that is brewing brewing and if I don't tell people about it I won't do it so I'm gonna start yep. telling people about it so yeah so that will no doubt become I think a book and who knows what else but I think I'm starting to feel the call to share about that more mm. now Wonderful. that kind of role of the divine feminine and helping you to mother yourself beautiful lovely and mm. I know I forgot to ask on the podcast each week I know oh, yeah. I skipped one I would have I reminded one. you <laughs> as your wing witch I would have reminded you thank you Laura <laughs> so each week we have a divine tool of the week oh. and uh, each episode we share with our listeners. Is there anything in particular that you love working with in ritual? I kind of want to touch on it actually, which is it's a bit left field perhaps, but it is this alternate state of consciousness of hypnagogia. Yeah. Oh, because it is it literally for me is a divine tool because when I'm in that state, I feel so much more closely connected to the divine. And that's when you know, these words come through, poetry comes through, and ideas come through. So yeah, and it's you know it's it's not complicated because we all experience it every time we go you know you go to sleep. Mm. But you can through meditation, for example, something like yoga nidra, if it's a kind of twenty you know if it's a kind of a longer sort of twenty five minute half an hour kind of yoga nidra, which is a form of guided meditation where you lie yeah. down for it. My favorite. Um, <laughs> uh, it kind of takes you into that liminal conscious state, and I. Um, mm. So the meditations I share, some are based around yoga nidra or they are kind of a bit longer because it is about getting you into that deeply relaxed state where that chattery mind can start to quieten and then the soul voice, the divine voice comes comes through. So, yeah, that is that is. And I think actually in ritual, especially in group ritual, I think you can go to that place more quickly because mm. there's something about the energy that's mm. being created and held through through ritual that can take you into that liminal state. So that is my mm. divine tool, hypnagogia or liminal dreaming, or we want to call it. Liminal <laughs> dreaming. That is one hell of a divine tool of the week. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my goodness. Fantastic. Oh. Well, I just realized, I know you asked me too, how people can find me. And I forgot to say that bit. So yes. I'll, I'll just uh, say, so just my website is stellatomlinson.com where you can um, obviously find out more about my books read my blog, um, sign up to Soul Notes if you wish to and find out more about me and my work. Or the social media that I hang out on um, is Instagram, which is stellatomlinson.priestess, where I kind of share kind of my moment. I'm showing quite a lot about my book, but I also share mm. kind of beautiful nature pictures as well to bring some nature beauty into people's lives and and the occasional rant. Yeah. <laughs> and the occasional rant about patriarchy and things like that. So, yes, yeah, you can find me and I work. You've got to get it out. you got to. You've got to. Because otherwise it just stays bottled up, you know. Yeah, you can't keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you and to learn yeah more of the story behind the book. And as I said earlier, everyone, please go out and support Stella's work. It's absolutely divine and so much wisdom. So thank you for speaking with us today. And yeah, let's just keep doing your amazing work in the world. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I We're really enjoyed that fans. conversation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for um, sharing. Not only, you know, are you learning along the way, but you're sharing that knowledge and you're putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and, and doing it in such a beautiful mm. way, um, your words. And like I said, this book is truly so visual and, and beautiful mm. for, for all mm. the senses. So thanks so much for um, offering up so much of yourself and, and being in mm. that space. Thank you. That means a lot because it can feel quite vulnerable to kind of share some certain things. But as I said earlier, I think when we can share 
we yeah. can help each other. Not yeah, well, it's alone. not an easy thing to do and not everyone no. does that. So I really, mm-hmm. really appreciate that. And I know our listeners will as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout out on the podcast There's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. Bye.